0: 9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357 or email us at talk at wws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart. Well, hi, everybody.
1: It's a penny for your thoughts here on an overcast Friday and uh, kind of cold out there, 35 degrees as we Get it started here on this Friday. We've hit uh, double digits for the month, uh, the 10th now of February of the year 2023. Headed for a high of 41, low of 18 tonight, high of 45 tomorrow, back up to 53 by Sunday. Glad you're with us here as we get another show underway. We're at uh, 9.07. Today's show, our Illini Fridays, brought to you by OSF Cardiovascular Institute. Your heart is their mission. Learn more at OSF Healthcare org beat we'll start with an open line here for a little bit up until uh, after the bottom of the hour eric Meyer's is going to come by of course longtime owner he was for many years the owner of cams 90th birthday for cams and they've got a celebration this weekend so we'll talk to him about that and the history of it going back to 1933 yeah 1933 so uh, 90 years for cams uh then we've got a um Visit with a interventional cardiologist from OSF, heart doctor uh, for short, Dr. Tariq Inizant will join us, and we'll visit with him for a little bit from OSF. That will be after the news at 10. And then uh, near the end of the show, last few minutes of the show, we'll get ready for the uh, Super Bowl. Mark Schultz, who uh, used to work here at DWS, now with the Urbana Park District, and my spotter for football, he'll be here as local referee, too. A uh, big, big Eagles fan. We'll figure out why he's an Eagles fan and how that happened, and then because he grew up in uh, Northern Illinois and went to college in Northern Illinois. Anyway, I think his family's from Pennsylvania. That might be part of it. So, anyway, we'll talk to him about that. And Mike Hale, our uh, host of the morning show on Light Rock ninety-seven point five, former general manager here, will uh, of course a big Chiefs fan. So we'll talk Eagles and Chiefs a little bit at the end of the show. Monday morning quarterbacks, Lauren Tate, of course. Bruce Weber will join us, former Illinois coach. And now on BTN, we'll have uh, Coach join us, Coach Bruce Weber, on Monday in the uh, first hour for a little bit on our Monday morning quarterback show. Uh, Wednesday next week, Vaughn Young will join us, Mayor Diane Marlin of Urbana, the Urbana mayor, to join us a week from today. And later in the month, Justice Robert Steigman and Judge McCuskey as well. Near the end of the month, here in the month of February, so it always goes fast. We got Illinois basketball tomorrow against Rutgers. Get ready for a tough physical game. The Illini women get a huge win last night, twenty nothing rally at the end of the third quarter into the fourth, twenty zip run to win at Nebraska for the first time since 2013, and they now have 19 wins. 9-5 and five in the Big Ten. They play at Maryland on Sunday. Softball starts this week. Baseball next week down in Florida. So if you're looking for a hint of spring, well, baseball and softball are not far behind. 25 years ago, the Titanic movie hit the screen. 25 years ago, 1998. Some layoffs from big companies. Got some news on that. Names of the Rantoul police officers released that were involved in that fatal shooting on Monday night up in uh, Rantoul, and some layoffs from big companies. Yahoo laying off 20% of its staff, Walt Disney slashing 7,000 jobs. And a Super Bowl, always known for the game, of course, but also for the ads. And some of the ads, I've got a headline here that says, last year's Super Bowl ads aged like milk, which usually doesn't end well, right? So we'll talk about that. A little bit uh, as well here, if we get a chance. So, kind of a little bit of this, a little bit of that here today. It'll be fast moving, and you can join us at any time uh, during the course of the show here today. Nine ten at DWS, a break, and then we'll get it started. On a penny for your thoughts. <laughs> 913 on a penny for your thoughts here on this friday heading into another busy weekend things are starting to crank up all over the place uh, winter sports continuing their seasons into the really uh, heart hot and heavy action as you head for the end of the conference regular season the uh, basketball tournaments ahead march madness of course and you got the spring sports cranking up as well You we got all the um, High school teams heading for their postseason here pretty soon with the uh, boys, of course, basketball state finals here in Champaign again. So that's going to be fun. Our show today, again, brought to you by OSF. OSF Urgent, uh, on-call urgent care. Champaign, Danville, Mattoon, Rantoul, some of the locations they have. Treating minor illnesses, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. That's every day, including holidays. Same-day walk-in visits, no appointment necessary. Send you on your way with the medication and supplies you need. Most insurance is accepted. 24-7 virtual visits to get care anytime, anywhere. You can do it. You can learn more. Find a location near you at osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. 9-14, let's go to Alan. Morning,
2: hey, Brian. how are you? Looking forward to coming to see you guys tomorrow. Oh, good. I think it'll be a heck of a game.
1: I think it's going to be a great game.
2: I'm hoping the rest will help us out a lot. Uh, <laughs> I had a guy that I was uh, eating breakfast with, and he said something about it on the phone that uh, Luke Goody is considering redshirting. You ever heard anything more about it?
1: Uh, what I had heard, he was not going to redshirt. Okay. Is what I heard. So
2: Well... On his phone, they had it. he's considering it, so oh, I don't okay. know if that's true or not, okay. of
1: course. Well, I,
2: Have you I, ever been to Taylorville? Yes. you been to the gym?
1: Uh, I don't think I've been to the gym. I've been in different parts. I've been to the radio stations, and I've been to speak at Kiwanis Clubs. I don't think I've been to the gym, though.
2: If you get the chance, go in there. It's one of the most unique gyms in uh,
1: downstate Illinois. It really is. I've heard that. Yeah, what what makes it unique for those of us that haven't been there?
2: Well, for one thing, it's a big floor, and you got press uh, rows on both sides of the floor, and it's wide on each side. There's no bleachers down on the floor; all the seating is up, up, uh, up above, which is about seven, to eight feet high. Hmm. The first row is all the way around; it's balcony all the way around, four, four, four sides. First row is uh, chair seats, and the top row is chair seats. And then everything in between is wooden bleachers. So it's just got a lot of history. It's got the old steel girders in it holding the roof up. It's got a big black-and-white uh, picture of the 1944 state champ team. And uh, I had some time to look at the, oh, some of the, you know, players that played back in, Johnny Orr, Ron Bontense and uh, Bill Ridley. They all played. Mm. There, yeah. Of course, James Oliver did too. I was reading this uh, thing on uh, Johnny Orton. and I found it fascinating that uh, 45, he was honorable all Big Ten mention. I thought freshmen weren't allowed to play back then, but maybe they were.
1: Well, he had,
2: had to be a freshman.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's my understanding. Was freshmen were not, were not allowed to play till. When? Yeah. I mean, it.
2: 45% uh, is it it all Big Ten honorable mention. And then 46, nothing. He didn't play anywhere. Hmm. 47, 48, 49, he played for Beloit College and was all American there. Wow. And I guess I'm curious as to why he left U of I if he had that good a year as a freshman.
1: Yeah. So,
2: um, I don't know. I don't even know if there's a Beloit College anymore, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of it.
1: Yeah, you're right. He was at Illinois, 44-45. They went to Beloit. Now, Ron um,
2: Bontemps, did this boy play for Illinois too, Kevin?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. is that is boy. Okay, I would assume so. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, you're that's getting in, you're not. getting into Lauren Tate territory here. He's he would yeah, know all no, this. I'm so. have, I may have to call him tomorrow and ask him about yes. that. Yes. So
2: I was just curious of why. First of all, I didn't even know Johnny Orr went to Illinois. and Why he left?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Lauren probably knows that story, but uh, yeah.
2: Well, I was rooting for uh, Ohio State last night. Didn't get it done. Purdue looked awful good last night. Boy, I'll tell you. Well, I don't
1: they know do. We're going to beat them. Yeah, I don't. Well, they well they lost twice. So I mean, it's hard to it's hard to take them out.
2: It's been done.
1: Yeah, it has been done, but, but we barely. We
2: to have our A game.
1: Yeah, I looked at the standings today. There, it's Purdue twelve and two, and then there's one, two, three, four teams tied at eight and five, including Northwestern, and then Illinois could get there with a win tomorrow, and then a bunch of teams, three more teams, seven and six.
2: Yeah, so, the only thing is uh, our tiebreaker is not in our favor this year. That's Doesn't right. Have to be ahead of most of those teams.
1: Yeah, yeah, because we lose the tiebreaker with, you know, right now we've lost it with. Um, Maryland, Northwestern, Indiana, Northwestern. Now we got a shot to even it with Northwestern, but yeah, yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, so we got to win all of our home games the way I said to really have a good finish. I
1: and would it's agree. Be tough. Yeah, and there's Michigan's. We got to play them at home too. Yet, so in our place.
2: Yeah, and they're getting hot now.
1: Mm-hmm. <coughs> yep. That's all I got, Brian. All right. Hey, thank you, Alan.
2: Yep, bye. Appreciate
1: it. Yep, I was looking up here while he was talking. Um, Orr, Johnny Orr attended Taylorville High under Dolph Stanley. Senior year led the Tornadoes to a state title of 45-0 and record. Wow, the first team to ever finish a season undefeated in the Illinois High School Association. Joined the U.S. Navy for the end of World War II, returned to college at Beloit College reunited him with his high school coach who had come to Beloit as an athletic director, head basketball coach, and football coach. The other uh, connection uh, with Johnny Orr is, and, and Brad Underwood's talked about this, you, uh, Brad and his teams over the years uh, at times, as they are this year again now, running the spread offense. And he said part of the principles, some of the principles of that, comes from from Johnny Orr, which is interesting. So there's a little bit of tie-in there. I have to check with Lauren on the on the other – stuff that he asked about or if you know about that please let me know I just haven't been around as long as Lauren has so <laughs> he's got the the better memory uh Steve how you doing Steve
0: oh, okay this morning how are you doing good what's up well oh that was a good ball game last night with that purdue I mean basketball's got kind of weird anymore uh referees are real picky about stuff one time they'll call somebody for just touching each other on defense and sometimes they let them beat the heck out of each other but uh, the one man that was wondering about freshman, I believe Red Grange played as a freshman, didn't he? Yeah,
1: well, I, th- I think so. so. I'd have I'd have to well, look. The old time yeah. rules were different than what we yeah. have now. So yeah,
0: i just you know, he was wondering about freshman eligibility. Well, I think, uh, like I said, Red was played as a freshman. So okay, okay well, uh, go, line All
1: right. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Yeah. I- I do remember when I was going to Illinois games as a kid. I remember they they you couldn't dunk, right? That was and that freshmen couldn't play, is what I remember. Now I'd have to go back and figure out the years of when they could play and when they couldn't. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is our number. We'll take a break here. We'll come back with some more for you as we continue here on a penny for your thoughts. Open line here for a little bit. Eric Meyer from, uh, of course, he owned Cam's for a lot of years, still a restaurant owner here in town. But uh, we'll get his thoughts on the 90th birthday of Cam's here in a moment.
3: Deeply touching my emotion. I want to stop. Thank you, baby. I want to stop. And thank you, baby.
4: Yes, I do.
1: On a penny for your thoughts, 924 on this Friday as we uh, come your way here from our studios in Champaign. Good to have you with us, no matter where you're listening, how you're listening. Uh, the, uh, January the 8th, 1972, NCAA grants freshman eligibility in football and basketball. So uh, I saw that uh, from January 8th of 1972, an overwhelming majority of representatives at the annual NCAA convention vote for freshman participation in basketball, football. Before freshmen were eligible to play on varsity, they played on junior varsity, no matter how dominant they might be in their sport. The consensus for decades was that freshmen were not ready to compete at the varsity level, especially in football. It's no coincidence this vote came shortly after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's legendary collegiate career and during Bill Walton's equally impressive college tenure. The two UCLA stars among the best college basketball players ever, yet both could not play during their freshman seasons at UCLA. 65-66 for Abdul-Jabbar, 70-71 for Walton. Abdul-Jabbar, then known as Lew Alcindor, famously led the freshman UCLA team to an easy victory in an exhibition game against the two-time defending champion Bruins varsity team. Uh, The 1972 season was not the first time that freshmen were eligible to play varsity basketball or football. Freshmen were given varsity status during the Korean War from 1950 to 51. In 1970, freshmen were allowed to play varsity in sports other than football and basketball. So, yeah, I don't know uh, if, and I know during the war years, the World War II years, there were some exceptions made for different things, too. So I, I don't know, but that's kind of just poking around to see as, as Alan asked the question. There's a little bit of stuff for you there on that. All right, uh, last night, Illini women with a victory come from behind. They were down uh, late in the third quarter, went on a 20 to nothing run. And uh, Mike Kuhn was there to call all the action for us, and he has this report from last night.
5: Illinois on the road on Thursday night at Lincoln, Nebraska, to face the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And the Illini face adversity early in the game. Genesis Bryant went down with a lower leg injury early in the second quarter. And in steps Jayla Odin. And Jayla Odin in her stead, 12 points and 6 rebounds in 28 minutes of play. Still, the Illini trailed Nebraska 37-29 at the half. They trailed by 10 with 143 left in the third quarter. But Illinois goes on a 20-0 run to take the lead at 61-51. And the Illini win it 72-64 over the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Illinois gets 22 points from leading scorer Makaira Cook, 16 points from Adelia McKenzie, 12 points from Jayla Oden, and 11 points, 10 rebounds from Kendall Bostic. And the Illini move to 19-6 and six overall, 9-5 in the Big Ten, ahead of Sunday's tussle with 8th-ranked Maryland in College Park. Again, the final from Lincoln, Nebraska, Illinois 72 and Nebraska 64. I'm Mike Kuhn reporting.
1: And, again, they'll be at Maryland this weekend. And uh, Mike talked to the coach, Shauna Green, after win number 19.
5: Shauna Green joins us, and this has to be one of the more satisfying victories uh, you've had in a while.
4: It really is. Uh, just number one to win here, um, at you know, against Nebraska and at their home place. But just the adversity we went through, obviously with Genesis going down early. I mean, I played, you know, People were ready to go. I've said that all the time. When your opportunity is there, you take it, right? And I thought people really stepped up. I mean, I put Cam out there, I put Lisa out there, and and Jayla really stepped up and had a big time game and, and rose to rose to the moment. That's what you know. That's what we've been talking about. So I, I could not be, you know, more proud of these guys today.
1: So the Illini women get a win. The Illini men have been off since last Saturday. Of course, the Minnesota game got postponed until later this month. On the 20th, and they'll play Rutgers tomorrow at 1. Our game day coverage starts at 11, right after Saturday Sports Talk with Stephen Lauren from uh, 9 to 11 tomorrow. So, busy day tomorrow here on DWS. As you celebrate the special person in your life, Valentine's Day, give them the love letter that lives on an estate plan. You can think about that. Preparing an estate plan ensures your family and financial goals are met after you're gone. According to a survey from Caring.com, more than half of Americans, 60%, do not have an up-to-date estate plan. Complete a message to my loved ones from Busey Wealth Management. They can guide you through that process. Call 1-800-67-BUSEY or visit BUSEY to discuss your wishes and request a message to my loved ones. We're on a penny for your thoughts here, 929 at uh, DWS. Again, the uh, death toll climbing in that earthquake in uh, Turkey. So, we've been following that, of course. More from CBS coming up in a little bit. Some uh, jobs news out today Yahoo to lay off 20% of staff by the year end. Beginning this week, Walt Disney's going through a restructuring, and they're going to uh, chop 7,000 jobs in a $5.5 billion cost cutting plan. So that news from uh, Disney. The other uh, news that was interesting I found was the Super Bowl ads from last year. And uh, the headline says, Last year's Super Bowl ads age like milk. Don't expect to see any crypto ads this year. <laughs> the last Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56, was only a year ago. But when you look at some of the ads we saw then, it feels like a much different time. One where the future of the Internet was all about cryptocurrencies, and the metaverse. Companies that hadn't even existed 10 or even 3 years prior spent big money promoting themselves. But as the year went on, big tech stocks turned over. AI is uh, artificial intelligence currently charging down the field as the hottest news from Silicon Valley. The big splashy Super Bowl ads of 2022 almost um, laughable in retrospect. Unless you're one of the celebrities facing lawsuits for promoting crypto exchanges. There will be no crypto ads in this year's broadcast. Fox Sports executive vice president of ad sales told the AP that four crypto companies that actually booked or were close to booking ads this year, even amid crypto's falling prices, but they all bowed out following FTX's collapse. Matt Damon, that ad he did last year, remember that? Fortune favors the brave, he said. The power of social investing and a little company called FTX paid Larry David to urge us not to miss out on crypto. Well, Matt Damon's ad is no longer available on YouTube. Larry David got sued for appearing in its ads. And the price of Bitcoin down nearly 50% from where it was during the last Super Bowl a year ago. 932 at DWS. Uh, Brian's with us. Hey, Brian.
4: Good morning, Brian. How are you? I am well, sir, and how are you on this Brian Friday?
1: I'm doing great.
4: Good to hear, good to hear. Changing gears from, uh, from both Bitcoin and uh, our, uh, our, our wonderful uh, Illini teams. Uh, seen in today's news that uh, a, a member of the General Assembly is uh, proposing body cameras for uh, our uh, ambulance crews and uh, uh, EMS workers. Uh, being a, uh, a former one myself for quite some time, uh, I'm not crazy about this.
1: Yeah, is this coming from the incident in Danville? Is that where they had the two the two people are on trial for? Is uh, that is that what part of this is about or not?
4: I'm I'm not sure. I was thinking that was maybe over towards Springfield area that uh, those, those two folks um, were that. Yeah, uh, maybe it was. And you, know, uh, 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 you know which. You know that that's not a I uh, well, say a, a, a thing that happens on a regular basis. You know, a sad uh, incident like that. Uh, if it was, I mean, you know, now now we've definitely got more of a uh, of a large call for it. But uh, uh, you know, and again, being a, a a former EMT myself, one of the first things right out of the gate is you know got got to take care of that patient. You know, not be worried about uh, you know the oh is the body camera on? You know, so that way you know you know co- cover myself understand but at the same time got got to take care of that patient
1: absolutely yeah would there be concern of uh, you know um, lawsuits or such i mean is that would that be a problem you know concern not that you would do anything wrong i'm just saying would that make you vulnerable if if someone made a mistake you know what i mean
4: and and I can see that, and and you know, but also at the same time, you know, and it, again, it's been many years ago, and don't even remember any of the details. But uh, you know, there was one time I think I was came, you know, was called in and needed to do. Um, I think it was a verbal deposition of of, of something, but uh, you know, so I mean, there's other ways of doing it, you know, besides. Uh, you know, oh, you got to wear the body camera yet? Mm-hmm. No, n- no, I think I think that opens up uh uh for for lack of better um synonyms, I believe that opens up Pandora's box.
1: Yeah, I, I think it would too. So, so you'd say that's not a good idea.
4: I I don't think so. I don't think so, and I might uh, uh have to give uh our uh our, our fantastic representative Marin, a uh a phone call, and uh, you know I, I'm not crazy about this, Mike
1: yeah well that'd be a good idea yeah that's that indeed that uh, indeed well, thank you Brian. anything else
4: other than uh hopefully uh we'll have a a good win uh, uh com- coming up tomorrow uh and as always keep up with the uh the great work that uh, uh you and all of the uh the crew there do
1: all right hey thank you, Brian. I appreciate that we will.
4: All right. Y'all take
1: care. Yep. Have a good weekend. Thank you. 9.35 at DWS. CAMS is 90 years old coming up. Celebration. We'll talk to Eric Meyer about that here in a moment. News headlines brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust. And let's go to that. Back on a penny for your thoughts here as we go on on this Friday. We're at 939, and we stand at 36 degrees. What's our high today? 41. 18 tonight, 45 tomorrow. Illinois basketball tomorrow at 1 against Rutgers. Uh, Text says, hi, Brian, I have to go with the Scarlet Knights to steal one on the road in Champaign tomorrow. Have a great weekend. Well, I hope not, but uh, they are going to be tough. And somebody, Eric, says, I went to the Purdue game in person last night in West Lafayette. They played Iowa and they won. And Eric had two observations. Mackey Arena is easily the most difficult place for any opponent in college basketball to play in. And Zach Eady is so good, he influences the game by just being on the floor. And sometimes uh, three and sometimes four defenders on him, leaving the rest of the team wide open shots. Hey, yeah, you got to pick your poison with him. Do you double-team him or do you just uh, one-on-one and give him his 30 and Hope nobody else hurts you. But uh, yeah, Purdue's awesome, and Mackey Arena is 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 the loudest place I've ever been in. It is really, really loud over there at Mackey Arena. Uh, Eric's here, Eric You've been over there, right? Different
6: Eric, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, Mackey's tough, and uh, and I think my experience when I've been over to Indiana games too. Wow, it's mm-hmm. just they're just. It seems like the fans are just on top of the court the way that. That field house is built, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, it's a weird arena and how the you know, assembly
1: hall. Yeah, yeah, it's just different. It goes straight up.
6: Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like you know, it kind of reminds me of the old Chicago Stadium when you were up high, mm-hmm. you felt like you were right there on the on the court. Yeah. But, you know, it was just so tight and
1: steep. And if you lean forward, you're gonna fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah into the you court. felt like you're gonna roll forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, good to have you here. How are you? I'm doing great. Good.
6: Glad yeah. to be here. Glad mm. to celebrate uh, along. You know, uh, Cochran family was more than happy to allow me to jump in and uh and uh and and relish the moment uh you know i was fortunate enough to spend uh 30 years uh there at cams whether as a student or as an owner and that was one third of its her- history and it's just amazing that any business uh as we know will stand that long i mean uh that's just a hair longer than you guys have been doing uh a lot of nice sports i think you're at your 85th year so it's pretty amazing uh to be part of long traditions like that and uh you know, it it all got started, you know, with the Camera family back in the, in 33, and it's hard to imagine what life was like back in 33, where a gallon of gas was a dime and a stamp was three cents, and the average wage was about $1,700 or so a year. You know, a car mm-hmm. cost $800 maybe, and a house 1700 So life has certainly changed in the last uh, 90 years, but it's nice that Cam's is standing with great, you know, just great mm-hmm. traditions and... uh you know, it was sad that I had to leave when I did, but uh, it, t- all, all things come. Uh, but I've been fortunate enough to be, stay on, be part, do some consulting work. And mm-hmm. they got a great team over there with uh, Scott and his group, and then uh, Tim Norse and the marketing plan. And then they got a really good general manager over there, uh, you know, um, which is nice too, Michael Baker, he does a great job. And the facility today is <laughs> just uh, tremendous compared to <laughs> what i had in my days so uh sticky floors uh, and all, uh, yeah, right? yeah it's not quite like that today and it's just a great facility and if you ever get over there and you should go over there it's like a museum and and it's not just a museum of illini history and and things like that uh but you know a lot of history of pictures of you know students that have uh, come through the doors over the years uh, but also a tribute upstairs in the second chance part of really a lineup of all the, the, the famous bars that were on campus in its time, and a little story and history about each mm. one, too. So there, it's, it, you know in the food and beverage industry, I'd say there's a lot of history there, and, it, and, it, and it's great that they carry that on.
1: Eric Meyer is with us. Uh, they celebrate the 90th uh, anniversary, birthday of CAMS, opened on uh, February 10th, 1933, the Kammerer family. Uh, what was their history? Uh, I mean, do we know? I you mean, know, they, do they uh, own a Jack's, restaurant.
6: Yeah, Jack's dad. They they actually got stu- kind of like started as Camer's like drug store, literally on the corner, and uh, you know they they sold sulfates and all that stuff, and it morphed into really a food business, and then they they moved it over. They called it the Camer's Brothers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like food place. You know, in the early days, the University of Illinois didn't have food in their dorms and things of that nature, so. They, they actually came, used to cater out and feed a lot of the students in those days and wow. was more food orientated. And then in, in 33, which was actually 90 years ago today, uh, they opened up and then, you know, that was the end of prohibition. And all of a sudden beverage alcohol could be served. And, you know, in those early days, it wasn't like today where everybody was out late at night because women had a curfew. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there weren't many at the university back then anyway, but even with the shorty houses, they all had to be in by like 9 or 10 o'clock at night, so people went out early. You know, you talk, they 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 played they played uh, bridge and, pino, uh, you know, pinnacle and things like that. You, you just wouldn't think about that, but then <laughs> you hear histories, you see pictures of guys like Buckus down in the basement and things like that, and, you know, there's guys in the corner playing a piano, and, and, and clarinets are going, and jazz bands are going, and, just kind of a different aspect yeah. of it, but it morphed it more and more into a, a beverage, alcohol, a place, and a, and a, and a hangout for students.
1: The uh, name of the bar has been spelled both with and without the apostrophe. Yeah, that <laughs> got
6: that got changed uh, by Scott actually because uh, you know there was uh, I guess they were trying to use proper gr- grammar where where uh, the apostrophe kind of indicated it was kind of like a person's name and that. And and I think they were trying to uh, redo the, the, the marketing image for the future and and any future growth that uh, would occur outside of or urbana too.
1: So they started at 608 East Daniel, and they were there for a long time. <laughs> really right? long time,
6: yeah. yeah. You know, and there was the old bar there uh, for many years, too, later. Uh, year, the, as some people would know in, in my age group, Dooley's. Uh, and then of course it moved down to where cams is was on daniel street mm-hmm. uh where the old stands gridiron in 1975 jack Cammer was uh part of that move and then uh and then he sold it to, to leo Ferla in 1980 with a couple other investors i came in as a student working there and then uh had a chance to buy in in 91 and then take leo and his group out and then uh i was i i got put put in 27 years and was <laughs> fortunate enough to have uh, both my boys uh work with me as well mm-hmm. which was you know both zach and mac that was awesome and what you know i think the greatest thing is just dealing with the young people the students and such a talented group you know when you have a world-class university and world-class athletics uh you just run across a lot of great people I, if boy if i just saved all the autographs from all the, the the great athletes we had over the years it'd be fun and yeah. you know even as a student i think one of the greatest moments i ever remember at cams was uh a one you know us beating michigan to head to the rose bowl back in 83 and the you know watching the gold post go down and have a march right down the you know first street and they headed <laughs> right down to daniel and green street because they, they wanted to be in the center of everything mm-hmm. and you know we had just a sea of people i think it was a uh, halloween uh, weekend back when we used to close the streets down for halloween back in those days and you know and and you know having abc sports out in front of the bar and the cheerleaders up on top of the bar i mean actually up on top of the building doing a cheer and all that stuff and that stuff hitting abc across the country and you know it's just tremendous amount of excitement and to see that morph again you know with the you know when we when we headed to the the final four in 89 and Mm -hmm. then again and later with D and Darren and Luther and that gang. And, uh, you know, just a lot of great excitement mm-hmm. over the years.
1: Cam's is celebrating their 90th birthday. The uh, owner of that for 27 years, uh, Eric Meyer, is with us. And we'll take a break. We'll talk about what's happening this weekend with a the celebration there of 90 years after this timeout here on Penny Saturday. It's- We're at 949, visiting with Eric Meyer, who, uh, of course, uh, Pia's now, right? Yeah, yeah got Pia's that. and Bentleys. Yep. Bentleys, uh, but, of course, owned cams for 27 years. When did you first own it? 91. 91, okay. Right after the Flying Illini. Right after, yeah. unfortunately.
6: And I was <laughs> close by, so. Yeah,
1: that's right, that's right. And then, of course, uh, with the old five team and then all the... I think Reed, after the F- Luther, F- all those guys after the Arizona at, game, right? There was a big oh. I remember sitting at that
6: game up at the State Farm <laughs> Center, and you know, up there in the Chicago area, and the people started leaving. They're like, "Oh my God, it's over!" And I said, "No, no, don't leave, don't leave." <laughs> and boy, I'm so glad <laughs> we we were out in the parking lot leaving. People started starting to leave, and they says, "What? Illinois won?" People didn't even realize we had won. It was incredible.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, this weekend, what's happening tomorrow then?
6: Well, that's what's exciting. Tomorrow uh, the mayor's doing a proclamation, you know, uh, uh, for a day for CAMS with the history and everything, which is great. And that kicks off a a big celebration, uh, both pregame and then postgame primarily. And uh, I know they're going to be raffling off – a a piece of the old bar top that's a pretty a pretty nice collector item I'd like to have one of those myself wow. uh we've entered. we're introducing some special glassware with mm. uh, pint glasses with a gold rim with the 90th anniversary they've got some plastic cups that has a have a collage of all kinds of different uh, pictures uh, some of which uh, the old bar new bar and uh, and even some faces from the past that are uh, on the cups as well uh, t-shirts all kinds of other things that are all part of that celebration kickoff tomorrow, and that's just a start because uh, this uh, this event's going to go on for for really an almost an entire year. There's lots of uh, reunion parties that are going to be planned, uh, uh, employee reunions, uh, you know, athletic re- related reunions. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, over the years, getting alumni back all through the fall, centered around the football season and what have you. So, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement, a lot of fun. You know, um. That would be fun. You know, uh, I'm looking forward to it too and uh, uh it's just uh you know, the alumni base has always been strong here at Illinois and they've always followed cams uh which has uh, always been a blessing and a yep. tribute to uh to what it all means.
1: Eric Myers with us for a couple more minutes. Uh, the, again that uh, bar top he mentioned, that's uh, from the original location. That's correct. Right? Yes, it is. Yeah.
6: So. It's been a been yeah. beat on hard for a lot of years. But <laughs> yeah, I think I it's so. about three inches thick. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. uh, of of like solid maple, yeah. so it's a pretty tough piece of wood.
1: This is also cool. Customers being encouraged to bring pictures of themselves from their student days, and take new ones of themselves celebrating at CAMS. The plan is to use the pictures pictures to make a new section of wallpaper.
6: Yeah, there's so one uh, cool. one whole collage wall of uh, of paper of pictures uh, already up, and they're going to create a whole nother little wall of fame, and it's really Again, uh, uh, Tim Morris, the, the marketing director, he's done a great job of putting things together, and that was one of his ideas. And so it's, you know, to have wallpaper collage of people's faces and stuff, there's a lot of that already in the wall. What's unique, too, is up on the second floor. You know, like I said, it's like a museum. I mean, all the old bars mm-hmm. and the little note of who owned them and where they were located. And it, it yeah, it's just it, it, brings mm-hmm. you know, it brings back a lot of nostalgia there. It brings back a lot of love for the community.
1: So it opens at noon and tell people where the new one is in case they... Well the new
6: one's located right on the corner of 1st and Green uh street there and then it's quite a complex I mean it's uh you know it's two stories outdoor area too back patios all that type of stuff it's uh, quite a facility and uh well built uh, good good group of partners line graduates at uh are all owners of this, and that's always nice to have alumni being part of this as well. You know that. Yeah. And, of well, course, Scott leads the way there with right. that, Cochran. So.
1: Mm. Wow, 90 years. You're you doing something right if you're around for 90 years. I think I you're think. doing
6: something right.
1: That's yeah. right. I mean, people, businesses come and go. Great but, tradition, and, yeah. uh, you
6: know, that's why they call it Home of the Drinking Illini.
1: Well, it, so it uh, starts at uh, noon. And of course the game's at one, so people can come before the game. They can if they don't have a ticket, they can stay, of course. Yeah, or stay and watch
6: the game. That was great. You know, that was the neat thing with the Orange Crush thing the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, awful nice of the of the new owners to 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 foot the bill for six thousand dollars and then they they leveraged that into another three thousand from the Truly group uh Uh, The truly beverages. So I think Orange Crush came out well. And the beautiful thing about that is, you know, all that money just turns around and goes back into the community for non for profits. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's the Boys and Girls Club or it's uh, CASA or, Mm -hmm. you know, Habitat for Humanity, they've always given a lot back to the community. So Orange Crush sometimes gets a a bad rap, but they do so many great things for our Mm -hmm. community.
1: Hey, Eric, thanks for coming in and talking about this. Great, great Appreciate to have it. you, and uh, yeah. you know what? ILL. I. There you go. Cam's 90th birthday. Check them out tomorrow. And again, they opened 90 years ago today. How about that? On Daniel Street. 9.55, back in a moment. 9.57. On a penny for your thoughts, Ryan Dallas Real Estate, number one in Central Illinois and ranked 15th in the nation at the end of last year in home sold. We'll see if the numbers are updated. Consistently number one in client satisfaction, voted number one in the area's People's Choice Awards. Not by chance. Choose the team that puts your goals first, Ryan Dallas Real Estate. And, again, they've won that News Gazette honor for five straight years. They sold about a home every 11 hours during the uh, last year. And off to a good start again in 2023. If you need to uh, buy a home, sell a home, whatever the case may be, Ryan Dallas Real Estate, 833-595-SOLD, or go to ryandallasre.com. Our overall show today brought to you by our friends at OSF Healthcare, Cardiovascular Institute, expert heart care right here for you in Champaign-Urbana. Dr. Tariq Enazat will join us. He's a heart doctor involved in interventional cardiology. Talk to him for a little bit after the news at 10. And uh, just talk to Eric Meyer about the 90th birthday of Cam's. He left me a nice mug with that gold-tipped rim and 90th anniversary, 1933 to 2023, and another cup that has a lot of uh, great pictures on it from the past. So uh, if you want to stop by there tomorrow and uh, check out the museum, basically, upstairs, you could do that too, uh, before or after the game or whatever the case may be. All right, uh, 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Hard to believe it's been 25 years since the Titanic movie came out. 25 years. It hit the uh, big screen this week. Uh, today, I guess, in uh, 1998. Wow. That money made a lot of movie. A lot of money. Movie made a lot of money. Did I say that right? Yeah. 1998, Titanic. Monday morning, we'll have our Monday morning quarterback show. Bruce Weber will join us. Now on BTN, of course, nine years, almost a decade here in Champaign as the coach of the Illini men's basketball team, now doing some great work on television. So We'll talk to Bruce on Monday with Lauren Tate. And next week, Mayor Diane Marlin, Von Young as well. Talk a little heart doctor talk here after the news on WDWS Champaign Urbana.
0: Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 939 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357, or email us at talk at Now, filling in for Brian Barnhart this morning is your host, Scott Beatty.
1: Yeah, well, actually, it's me. So it's... <laughs> It's good to be here. Thanks for uh, being with us here on a uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, Scott filled in for us earlier in the week for a day there. We were off, but back the last couple of days, and uh, we had a a great first hour, a lot of open line talk in that first hour, but also visiting with uh, Eric Meyer, who was about 30 years almost, the owner of CAMS. They're celebrating their 90th birthday here this weekend, so we talked about that. Also had a uh, caller earlier talking about – I guess, some legislation or something that's percolating out there when it comes to uh, body cameras for EMTs. Uh, One texter says, my concern with the uh, cameras on the EMTs is the HIPAA law. This is to protect the privacy of the patient and their health information. These cameras, I feel, would violate that law. How often would these recordings be shared without the patient's permission? Okay, so that was a, a text that came in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Today's show brought to you by our Illini Friday's. As we get ready for Illinois and Rutgers tomorrow at 1. Brought to you by OSF Healthcare. They want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, go to osfhealthcare.org slash mission. And a little later in the show, we'll talk about the Super Bowl. We've got Mark Schultz coming in, the local referee and works at the Urbana Park District. Big Eagles fan. And we've got Mike Hale in our building here who is a big Chiefs fan. And uh, speaking of OSF, we have a uh, heart doctor with us here, Interventional Cardiology. And uh, it is with Dr. Tariq. I hope I say this right. Inzate? Inizate. Inizate. Yep. Very good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, good to have you with us. How long have you been with OSF, Heart of Mary? A little bit more than a year. More than a year? Yep. Okay. Where you, Where'd you come from?
3: I actually... Spent a lot of time in uh, Missouri, in University of Missouri, I did my uh, training over there. Then I went to Los Angeles, to UCLA, uh, did my uh, interventional cardiology training over there. Okay. Then I joined here.
1: Yeah. Well, interventional cardiology, I mean, is that self-defining? Is that what you, what's involved in that?
3: Yeah. So, uh, cardiology is a huge field, and it has sub. Field subspecialties mm-hmm. under this big umbrella of cardiology. Uh, interventional cardiology, just to make it simple, is like uh, the plumbing work of the heart. So, mm-hmm. we basically take care of the heart arteries. If there is any blockages, uh, we open those with a stents. And we also, there is another f- subfield of this, which is outside the arteries of the heart, where we take care of the valves,
1: holes of the hearts, and uh, such things. Mm. Now, you grew up in Jordan, right? Yes. Yeah. You tell me there's a lot of doctors from Jordan. Yeah. Why is that? Is it just uh, strong medical backgrounds and a lot of... Yeah,
3: you know? I think so. Plus, maybe uh, doctors, that love the uh, United States. <laughs> uh, like <laughs> yeah. to come here and work? Yeah. yeah, to get trained and work. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, definitely one of the best mm-hmm. uh, countries in the world in terms of medical field and advancement and all these things.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, for such a small country, have a lot of doctors that come over here. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about the heart in general and uh, heart health. And uh, I guess the first question would be general tips for heart health. I mean, I think there's some obvious things we all hear constantly. But as a doctor yourself, what are some things you always look for when it comes to good heart health, I guess? Yeah. Uh, So definitely this is a good question. So
3: uh, our struggle with our patients – with heart health, it is a long-term investment. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it is hard to convince people. Uh, like people would say, "Okay, I smoked for five years. I'm doing fine. Uh, I don't wor- don't worry about it." Or I eat. Uh, 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 burgers every day, I'm fine. Or okay, I did not smoke today. I feel good. So uh, we we told them yes. It is it is a long term investment. So probably like making a change for a day or two, maybe a year, you won't feel a difference. But if you give it ten years, fifteen years, you definitely will feel will feel a difference. Um, and it is not hard to do. Honestly, it's just some organization, some. Uh, uh, um, uh, insight. And uh, uh, we are trying just to make those healthy uh, changes implant them in our
1: daily life
3: and just make our habits, our mm-hmm. daily habits. And that will pay off down the road. Because I'm sure you've yeah. seen
1: this uh, as a doctor. I mean, those lifelong habits, they just accumulate over yes, time, right? That's it's, not, it's not eating a hamburger today that, oh, it'll give me a heart attack. It's yeah. the whole life's yeah. work of eating poorly or whatever bad that's diet that's true
3: whatever. Yeah. that's very
1: true that's yeah. very true so it's always a
3: long term investment uh that i think it's worth uh, uh taking the steps and take advantage of the knowledge that we have to mm-hmm. protect our hearts down the road yeah because
1: that has improved yeah. over time right Our not being able to have better heart health has that improved over the years i mean being more aware i think that awareness is there um uh, to, uh, now
3: implantation of this awareness, I don't know how, I think yeah. we still have a lot to do. A lot to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, interestingly enough, uh, those heart diseases, we started to see them in younger and younger and younger people. Yeah. Uh, I uh, The other day, I had a patient who's 35, 35, 35 with a major heart attack. His heart stopped. They had to do chest compressions for 40 minutes in the ER. He was lucky uh uh he, they got him back we we uh, took him to the cath lab he had occluded artery we opened the artery thankfully the patient survived and he went home a few days later. I saw him in clinic actually yesterday mm-hmm. he's doing fine but it is uh, it is it is a major problem yeah. Yeah.
1: it seems like a uh, um, where the technology is you know there's so many things we can do after you've had a heart issue but Maybe we're doing less of what we need to do to prevent the heart issue in the first place. That's very is that true. What you're saying? That's
3: very true. Yeah, yeah I still we I I still think we, we 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 have a lot to do to prevent heart diseases, uh, and maybe
1: we can talk about few few tips mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, is and you mentioned a thirty-five year old. At what age should you start getting heart-related screening? Is there a time to start? Start yeah. thinking about it. I mean, when you're in your twenties, you feel invincible, yeah. like nobody's. Nothing's going to stop me. Yeah. But. Yep, that's that's true. So uh, uh,
3: there's some guidelines, some help, like maybe at the age of 30, 35, we should all start to, uh, to seeing our primary care uh, physicians and providers getting our blood pressure checked, getting our cholesterol level checked. Now, if we have a family history of earlier heart diseases, mm-hmm. high blood pressure, uh, 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 high cholesterol. Maybe we need to actually start doing this at earlier ages. Mm. Yeah. And based on the, the the results of the first screening, we can decide what we need to do down the road. Uh, but definitely I would give up at least starting at age of 30, mm-hmm. everything looks good, maybe every five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it does not have to be with a cardiologist the very first time, but at least with mm-hmm. any primary care provider. Yeah. At least get those yeah. initial yep. readings.
1: Yep. Right. Cholesterol a big indicator early? Is that a f- – what are some warning signs early of
3: – Yeah. So uh, heart disease is uh, uh, sp- especially what we call it coronary artery disease or uh, blockages in the heart arteries that causes a uh, heart attacks. This kind of disease is actually kind of complicated. It has multiple causes, not one, Mm. uh, including environmental, our habits, uh, our risk factors like high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, and genetics. So it is an interaction of all of these together. Mm. Uh, So some of them we can change, some of them we can't. Mm-hmm. And we can't change our genetics, but definitely we can change our habits, We can, especially smoking. Mm-hmm. And if there is other risk factors like high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, we can work on those, try to control those to minimize the risk down the road. Mm-hmm.
1: Tariq Enazad is with us, a, a doctor of interventional cardiology. Uh, is it different women, men? Is there a difference in uh, prevention? Y-
3: y- yes. Uh, so there are some differences between men and women. Uh, Women, for some reason, they uh, tend to present with what we call them atypical presentation. So normally, uh, uh, when we have a blockage in the heart arteries, we get chest pains, chest pressures. When we try to exert ourselves, we feel it, we rest, Mm -hmm. it goes away. If we take those sublingual tabs, it helps the pain. Uh, in women, uh, the presentation usually is different. Just does they don't follow this uh, uh, textbook description. Um, they tend to have more of feeling shortness of breath, uh, uh, the pain, different type of pain, not that pressure uh, pain. May might feel sharp pain, might feel uh, uh, indigestion. Mm. So more of atypical symptoms in women uh, rather than men. Uh, and also, women tend also to have, like, a smaller arteries than men. Sometimes that might affect our decisions and what mm-hmm. we need to do yeah. down the road.
1: Yeah. Well, I know so many times, uh, you know, you'll hear people will say, um, well, I'm feeling pain in my chest. They think it's indigestion or they think it's – I mean, I know that's a hard decision. Yeah. It depends on each person. But, yeah. you know, when should you go to the hospital? When should you see your doctor? I mean, do you recommend –
3: yeah. Uh, and, yeah. So and not
1: being like, um, you know, always worrying about it constantly, but, you know, when should you be concerned, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. So
3: uh, uh, chest pain is actually an alarming sign to everybody. And mm-hmm. I think it should be. Uh, anything in the chest can cause chest pain, not just the heart. But the most scary thing and probably fatal thing is the heart. And, uh, uh, I would say any patients who is middle age or above mm-hmm. uh, having pain, having multiple risk factors, family history of heart disease definitely needs to be evaluated mm-hmm. for heart. It might turn out to be something else, but at yeah. least I know it's not something that's
1: going to kill me. Right. And so, that's where your primary yes. care doctor can yep. do that for you at the yes. initial level. All
3: right. Yeah. And, and then definitely if you have a chest pain that is not improving, uh, you, you don't have explanation to it, like like nobody pinched you on the chest and now yeah. it's hurt. Yeah, that's okay, that's understandable. But yeah. like uh, a pain, wake up, wake you up in the middle of the night. It's now improving. You feel uh, uh, sweaty, anxious, mm, short of breath, short of breath. Yeah. With
1: yeah. that, I think that needs to be checked right yeah. away. That's yeah. right away. Yeah. Ten twenty one. Back with our doctor here in a moment as we'll talk about a. Uh, is it TAVR? TAVR Ta- Taver Taver program? Taver T A V R. Yeah, Taver program. We'll talk about that here after the break. All right. Sounds good. Yep. Back in a moment here with our doctor. <music> our line eye Fridays brought to you by OSF Healthcare. We appreciate them. The Cardiovascular Institute. We've got Doctor Tariq Enazat uh, with us here uh, with the folks at OSF. Okay, this Taver program, and I, I saw the headline: "New lease on life for heart valve patients." Uh, tell me about that. What, what's involved in that? Right. So it is relatively a new technology.
3: It was approved in the United States around 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, we have a valve called aortic valve. It is the valve between the heart and the aorta, which is the major artery that supplies blood to the whole body, including the heart itself. Mm-hmm. So this valve uh, is a kind of unique valve um, with age Calcium gets built up around the leaflet of the valve and rather than the valve opening uh, freely, it gets restricted and we call this stenosis, Mm -hmm. uh, which basically blockage or restriction of the valve. Uh, Now, once this restriction or the stenosis gets so severe, it tends to cause symptoms and uh, the typical symptoms of this disease or aortic stenosis are uh, pain, in the chest with exertion, uh, shortness of breath, building up fluids in the legs, in the lungs, and uh, in extreme cases, people might feel dizzy and pass out. Uh, so once we get to that point when we have a symptom with a tight valve, there's no way, it's no definitive treatment other than replacing the valve. Mm. So until ten, 10 years ago, the only way that we used to do this is by opening the chest and replace the valve with a surgical approach. Um, and 10 years ago, we had this new technology that we call the transcatheter aortic valve replacement or TAVR, uh, which basically we go uh, through the right groin artery and uh, we get into the artery using a needle. Then we put a little bit, uh, a, a, a tube, probably as big as the little finger. And that uh, through this tube, we advance this valve and we deploy it inside the old valve. Hmm. Old native valve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it has, this procedure has made revolution in medicine in general. I never seen something affected and change medicine like this procedure. Um, it is a very safe a procedure, uh, minimally invasive, no cutting, uh, no surgery, no knives. Uh, patients come in from home, we get the procedure done most of the time, next day they go home. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, recovery uh, is 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 really quick, and patients feel a lot of uh, a lot of difference. Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah a shorter hospital stay. Yeah. You know, talk about all the the costs that, that yeah. would be reduced by just hospital
3: stays you know, and yeah. recovery from surgery and other hmm. other complications, common complications that happen around the uh, surgery yeah. on the heart. So this is
1: only about ten years old. Then. It is yeah.
3: approved. Yeah, it was approved in two thousand and eleven. Uh, in the United States. And actually, as a matter of fact, it's an uh, interesting story. So when they did a study on the on this valve, they had to stop the study early. And the reason why? Because it was so effective and made uh, people, uh, patients, uh, live better, longer. Uh, so they said it is unethical to to prevent this very effective treatment from the other group of patients, the control group that we mm. use just to give them medicine, yeah. so uh, it is it is very very uh, game mm. game changing procedure yeah. definitely. Any
1: other popular procedures you're seeing besides uh, that one? Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: so uh, at Heart of Mary uh, we've been doing the TAVR program now for a year. We have mm-hmm. a really good results, good feedback uh and by the way this is a procedure for elderly people because mm. the disease in elderly people mm-hmm. uh, so uh the oldest we've done is 95 wow yeah. and 95 yep um patient uh uh I see him in my clinic he has not been in the hospital for the last year feeling better it will not make you 20 year old, but <laughs> at least uh, the procedure will make your symptoms a lot better. You're not as sure short of breath, not in sure. the hospital as much, yeah. no pain in the chest. You can keep going with your with your life now if, if you are a candidate for this procedure. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, do, um, we close holes in the heart. Uh, uh, um, Yeah, Sometimes some of these uh, holes can cause a a stroke So we close those with small devices or plugs uh, To prevent the stroke And actually in the coming few weeks We are actually uh, starting another procedure uh, We call it a watchman device Which basically uh, people with irregular heart rhythm They tend to have strokes So to prevent the stroke we give them blood thinner But sometimes some people might uh, bleed so now we are at the risk of stroke and we are at the risk of a bleeding yeah. from the blood thinners. So it's this kind of difficult situation. So in this situation we offer this, uh, this device where we um, minimize the risk of stroke at the same time we don't need a blood thinners. That's definitely coming in the, in the, in the few weeks. Mm. Uh, we have a future vision hopefully in the coming few years to expand our, our our program and our procedures and start doing other uh, mm-hmm. procedures on a different valve, we call it mitral valve. Maybe we can mm-hmm. talk about it if there's yeah. time.
1: Yeah. Point. Well, no, that's a uh, that's exciting future, and I yep, know that's kind definitely. of what drew you to to OSF Heart of Mary was definitely. this forward thinking on at the Cardiovascular Institute, right?
3: Definitely, hundred uh, percent plus uh, patients in terms of care. Um, um, we 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 uh, are like family at the OSF. We do care about patients. We do care about family, family and patient-up first, mm. centered. Yeah. And this is honestly what attracted me to OSF. Yeah. Uh, I came in from
1: uh, North Carolina to here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good to have you here. I don't get to heart, talk to a heart doctor that often. <laughs> oh, so that, hopefully you which don't, which, you which don't need good. to. Good. I don't need to, but hopefully I don't need you uh, yeah. your services. But if, if people do, obviously they can uh, well, find you at OSF Heart of Mary. Yep. And this is a pretty exciting technology. So, yep. Very good. So, Well, thank you for uh, coming by today. I appreciate it. I appreciate thank it. you so much for having me. Yeah, good to have you here. That is Dr. Tariq Enazat and he is at OSF Heart of Mary Medical Center. He's an interventional cardiologist. I think I Thank said that you. Right. I appreciate very it. Yep. Yeah, Pinted thanks Pinted for having me. Yep. Very good. Thank you very much. Back in a moment here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, let me get the Bloomberg Money Minute here and we'll come back with more. Back on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Appreciate uh, Dr. Ennazad being with us from uh, over at OSF, uh, Heart of Mary Medical Center. And always impressed by people like that, you know, that um, do what they do. I mean, i <laughs> I just fascinated by so many different uh, folks in so many different fields and uh, just the the experience they have and the care for their patients and their experience of what they do. I, I Way over my head. But um, I'm glad we have those folks around for sure. All right, we had Eric Meyer on earlier as well. Appreciate him coming by. We'll have Mark Schultz and Mike Hale. We'll talk a little Super Bowl here before the end of the show, as that's uh, this weekend, Eagles and Chiefs. Uh, Let's see here. Hi, Brian. On a text line, I listened carefully to the young U of I guest that Scott interviewed this week. Her message of go along, get along, is not helping the governance situation in Illinois. We have Ms. Ammons, Ms. Bazinski, and now another unelected state senator. All three have no intentions. I don't know how you... Let's see, all three have no intentions of working to make our districts more prosperous and safe. They are pushing their personal crazy policies that defy reason. The radio station and the newspaper need to stop presenting viewpoints that are reinforcing very bad public policy and cheerleading for politicians that are afraid to even speak with their ultimate bosses. Well, uh, let's see, we talked to Congresswoman Budzinski back about a week or so ago. And uh, she's just getting started. Of course, uh, we've talked about uh, the Ammons' representative Ammons a little bit uh, during the week with Jim Dye. And uh, Paul Faraci, of course, just getting started. But, I mean, uh, you know, hey, we have all kinds of opinions on. Their opinions count, too. And uh, that's that's what we do what we do here. We hear from everybody, and uh, you may not agree with them, may not like what they say. We're just here in a forum like the newspaper is to – give you the form to express yourself, and that's what we do. And some people you have, you have on. Some people, I got Justice Steigman on here coming up near the end of the month. Some people love to hear the judge. Other people don't want to hear him at all. But that's okay. That's their prerogative. That's what we do here. So we just hope it's uh, entertaining and informative all along the way. You get a variety of opinions and That's the goal each and every time we do this and tee it up each day. All right, Gallo-Miller Paint and Collision Repair, south side of I-74. Between the Neal and Prospect exit, they work with all the insurance companies to ensure you get the uh, factory safety specifications to get your vehicle back to that. You want it just the way it was. And obviously, you know, you've had an accident, you're upset, you're upset with The people that hit you or you hit them, you're upset with yourself, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, get it done. Uh, Ease some of the uh, hassle with all this. Gallo-Miller paint and collision repair. South side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. All right, and I had a couple of questions here I just saw uh, for the doctor, and I'm sorry. I just didn't see them. Um. And to do, one, uh, women presenting with atypical symptoms for heart issues, do you think this can be attributed to women enduring childbirth pain and monthly pain? And again, I'm sorry I didn't get to them here. Hi, Brian, I just now saw them. Hi, Brian, could you ask the doctor to explain what paracardioeffusion is and what treatments are for it? Okay, uh, 10.37 at DWS, see if there's any more here. Uh, Shout out, a couple of basketball teams I saw in here. Uh, Somebody else says, I don't remember what year it was, but I do remember having a few brews in cams and everyone went outside to watch the streakers. (laughs) That must have been in the 70s, I would think. Other basketball news, give a big shout-out to the Prairie View Ogden Junior High 7th and 8th grade boys for their state showing. Yeah, that was in the Gazette today. Uh, 7th grade took 4th place. 8th grade plays this Saturday. Go PVO, they say. All right, 1038. Let me get a break in here. We'll talk a little Super Bowl for a few minutes. Uh, Mark Schultz and Mike Hale. I know Mike's in the building. We'll check and see if Mark's here yet. Back in a moment on Penny for your thoughts. Thank And we're back on A Penny for Your Thoughts here. We had a busy show. A lot of people coming. I feel like a traffic cop today. I've got all kinds of people coming in. Mark Schultz is here with us. How are you, sir? Good morning. Doing Good. great. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Oh, yeah, we'll get that here. You'll hear that in a minute. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah Eagles. Easy. Yeah. Big Eagles fan. I'm Mike Hale, of course. How are you, sir? I'm doing fabulous. Good. Fabulous. Good. We'll, talk about, we'll talk about what you just got here in a minute. Yes. Okay. Uh, we'll explain what that is. You got a nice football there. We'll, we'll talk about this. Of course, Mark uh, used to work here. And now works with the Urbana Park District. Correct. Over there. Yep. And uh, we've got Mike Hale, of course, who was our general manager for a long time and now is uh, on Light Rock 97.5. Always was, but he's just doing that now. And I know he's enjoying that. Okay. uh, These two teams, uh, Kansas City and uh, uh, Philadelphia, they each have a fight song. And let's start. I think I've got the Eagles' fight song. Here it is Philadelphia Eagles. You like
7: that? I love it. Yeah. I, I I saw some eye rolls across the the other microphone <laughs> No, no, no,
8: no, 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 no. Yeah. I, no. You know, I didn't know much about that song until this week. So, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I've I've learned a lot. I've seen a lot of people sing it this week on Facebook and in other yeah, social yes. media. But
1: they play that after touchdowns? Yes, so they, they do. They yeah, do? Okay. yeah.
7: And that's about the best version I've heard of it because usually when you get some boozed-up fans in the stands singing it, a little off-key, you know.
1: <laughs> now, the Chiefs have their own. I mean, they you'll, you'll hear it a lot at a game, and Mike's heard it because he goes. All right, here it is, Chiefs. Okay, there's the Chiefs.
7: I've never seen that in person. I've only seen that on TV. That's got to give you goosebumps oh, when it you're does. in person. Oh, it
8: does. And uh, with somebody pounding on the drum at the same time mm. up at the drum deck, it's even
1: it's yeah. even cooler. Now, Florida so. State uses that similar. Oh, is yeah. Is it different from Florida State's or is it the same? I mean, it sounds... Uh, I guess it's... Or who had it first.
8: <laughs> that's uh, I don't know. That's yeah, a good question. Yeah. Oh, no, it's cool.
1: In a, in a big stadium, how many how much does Arrowhead hold? 76. 76,000. Yeah. Yeah. How, how much does the Eagles Stadium hold? Upper the, 60s. Upper 60s? Mhm. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool atmosphere at yeah. both places. It now, is. Now, Mark, how did you get to be an Eagles fan?
7: Well, yes, cuz I grew up in Central Illinois mm-hmm. and uh When I was in sixth grade, our family moved to the Philadelphia suburbs, a little town called Harleysville, just between Allentown and Philadelphia. So that's where my junior high and high school rooting interest came. So, yes, I came back and working now in central Illinois, living here. But I have this weird amalgam of Chicago and Philadelphia
1: sports fan interest. (laughs) (laughs) And the Eagles just uh, you just. Got to be an Eagles fan. Got and, to be an
7: Eagles fan. And right when Buddy Ryan started, Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, yeah. all those guys. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that's where I got my fandom
1: started. Yeah. Now, Mike White had a hand in your becoming a Chiefs fan. Well, or no. uh, that was
8: uh, helped my son, cemented my son being a Chiefs fan. No, I started as a Chiefs fan in 1965, living in St. Louis. Now, we lived in Kansas City the first 10 years of. Uh, that I was alive but the Chiefs weren't even there then Uh, but in 65 we never saw any Cardinal games St. Louis Cardinal games on TV because they would never buy up the remaining the Bidwells no surprise would never buy up the remaining tickets so that game but we saw the Chiefs every Sunday on NBC and that's how I became a Chiefs fan. That's how I became a AFC fan. That's how I became a um, uh, Len Dawson fan. Hmm. Now, I did jump ship for about a year back in the early 80s when the Chiefs were so bad. I became an Earl Campbell fan. Mm. and a Bum Phillips fan yeah. for the Houston Oilers. Love, but I've you, always, love you, Blue, or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And so, but other than that, one year. But other than that, I've, I've watched a lot of bad football down through the years. I've
7: seen YouTube footage of Chiefs games in the early 80s. Arrowhead Stadium is a third full. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. I know. It, yeah. th- from then to
8: today.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, I mentioned Mike White because he was a friend of Dick Vermeil, right? And Right. And so,
8: so his last year, Mike White's last year of uh, coaching with uh, Dick Vermeel, uh he invited Tony Clements, Christopher, and I to come up to uh, uh, summer football at, camp up at uh, – River, I can't think what the name of the, uh, to, 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 right across from Minneapolis, St. Paul, up in Wisconsin. River Rapids, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got to spend a day hanging around Trent Green and uh, Mike White and Dick Vermeule. That was really cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. We're
1: going to talk some more about this. Let me get this uh, vison update in. We've got a break here. And we'll talk with Mike Hale and Mark Schultz. Mark's a big uh, Eagles fan. Mike is a big Chiefs fan. We'll talk some more. And Mike got a special gift here from uh, someone. We'll tell you about that here in a moment. On a uh, penny for your thoughts, here's our update. Maybe they'll predict the Super Bowl here. We'll see. All right, we're talking Super Bowl here. Super Bowl 57. Am I right about that? 57. Yes. Yes, For the Chiefs. And the uh, Eagles, real quick, uh, and then we'll talk about the game, and then Mike got a special gift. We'll have him explain what this is, Ten fifty one. 51 uh, Part of this, part of the attraction for both of you, I know, for your representative teams is the radio announcers. Yes. To call the game. Tell me about the Eagles play-by-play guy.
7: Merrill Reese, he started as a pre- and post-game host in the early 70s, and he took over in 1976. He has that very distinctive call Uh Cunningham, five-step drop. He's looking. He's looking.
9: Yeah,
7: He's very, very well-liked uh, in the Philadelphia area.
1: Yeah. He's been doing it a long time. He's got a distinct voice, yes. I know, as you yep. said. Since 76. Do you have any uh, ex- typical expressions, uh, <laughs> famous phrases he uses? He or? usually howls it's good yeah. <laughs> on
7: a long field goal. <laughs> okay, <laughs> But, yeah. yeah, one of the things when, when a quarterback's in the pocket and surveying the field, it's he's looking.
1: He's looking. <laughs> okay. That's the, does he have a Philadelphia kind of accent or sound, or does he?
7: A little bit, but not, know. but not that heavy accent. But okay. uh, he he does yeah.
8: really good.
1: Because radio is what pulls a lot of folks in to be fans. I know for oh you, he like, has a great voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, has,
8: yeah. he has a voice that sounds kind of like Kevin Harlan's voice. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right.
1: Now, Kevin did the Chiefs at one time. Till 93. Till 93. I know Mitch Holtis. Right. As you listen to regularly. I do. Mitch Holtis is incredible,
8: and there's a lot of YouTube videos out there that you can see of him in the booth because he stands up, and his signature thing is touchdown, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, he he uses a lot of hand gestures yeah. when he calls the game. So. But, yeah, so he does terrific terrific. that yeah but, yep
7: that's i guess his spotter and color guy have to stand clear of him so they don't get a backhand <laughs> yes. accidentally yeah,
8: well <laughs> lenny dawson who did the games with him for a couple of decades yeah would have to stand a ways away yeah. and you just i mean when when mitch haltus is on a roll you just you, stand yeah. back. you
1: remember who the original chief's announcer was at all did, 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 did you would I, I don't remember but
7: Wayne Larravee did it in the late 70s. Yeah, Wayne did
1: Larravee it? was one of the guys. I want to
8: say it might have been Merle Harmon.
1: Okay. I can all That's Google a it good quick. question.
8: Yeah. I'll have to – okay. 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 Yeah.
1: So what about the game itself? What do the Eagles need to do? you got Jalen Hurts. You've got solid lines, offense and defense. Uh, what the do Eagles
7: have, have very solid on the offensive and defensive lines. Hurts has a lot of weapons he can throw – he can also move and get out of the pocket. Um, you know, if they do their regular offense and can move it, that's going to be great. I think it's going to stem on the defense. Uh, <laughs> I say on paper, I think the Eagles are going to win this, but Mahomes, yeah. they have a great defense, but. Mahomes. I think if they can contain Mahomes, it'll be good yeah. and they'll be all right. And I think it's also uh, experience. The The Chiefs are much more experienced in the Super Bowl uh, atmosphere mm-hmm. as long as the uh, Eagles can just roll with all the pregame hype and emotions and then get into the game. I think they'll be all right. But if they get a little starstruck, yeah. look out.
1: Because they've been just solid all year long. Very solid. I mean, very, very little up and down. It's been... yeah. You know, all the way around. Now the Chiefs. Well, and
8: they got no respect until a, in the whole league until about the ninth game. You're right. That's the thing I couldn't understand because I was, I've been an Eagles fan on the NFC most of the season. After I saw my it was the second or third game that I saw them. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And week after week after week, everybody, well, you know, they're going to hit that wall, and then, you know, it'll be Dallas. It'll be somebody else.
7: Mm-hmm. Yep, so, and that never happened. And, yeah. you know, going into this season, I thought, well, this
8: is the Bills year. This is the Bills year. And yeah. but no, the Chiefs. Chiefs reemerged again. Reemerged well, and have a
7: very veteran team and solid all the way
8: around. Well, and, and I know because the management that the Eagles have – I know that they're going to do the same thing the Chiefs did and that is because you're coming you're going to be coming out of a rookie quarterback contract here shortly and if you don't play this right you're not going to have any supporting cast around him Exactly and uh yeah. I mean that's what the Chiefs did is they have uh you know Tyreek Hill I you know Nobody predicted that the Chiefs would do anything. Everybody had the Chiefs not even making the playoffs. They run this great montage uh, at both playoff games when I was there in the stadium of all the prognosticators saying Chiefs aren't going to make the playoffs. The Chiefs aren't going to win the AFC, uh, the AFC West, and all of yeah, these. They're going to lose things.
1: to the Bengals. They're going to lose to the you know,
8: you know the yeah. investments that the Chiefs have made on the offensive line. Uh, and you saw the you saw the real payoff of that in the Bengals game, and uh, you know mm-hmm. they they really took care of their quarterback, um, and the defense is playing better and better. I think Spags is who's our defensive coordinator has his work cut out
1: mm-hmm. for this game. So real quick, you got a football, Matt Hammer, Matt Hammer out out from the Flight, Flight Star. Star
8: who is uh, a terrific guy who has become a big Jaguars fan, as everybody Mm -hmm. has because shot Khan uh, being the owner of the Jags lives here and I've said for a long time it's utterly amazing to live in a county with 220,000 people that has an NFL owner here. So ahead of the Jags Chiefs game, I had Matt on the air and uh, and I had told everybody in town cheer for the Jags, cheer for the Jags and uh, he, Got together with Shad Khan and Shad Khan autographed a Jaguars football for me, it, so it's very cool. Very cool. Put so, it in a glass case. Yes, and put it in a glass case. So it's got Shad's it,
1: signature on it. Well, yeah, he signed That's big it time to Mike. Yeah, <laughs> so, to Mike. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, it is very cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Yeah.
8: So how much
1: time? I've got about m- two minutes here.
8: Two minutes. All right. I want. He and I were talking about this off the air. Carl Jeffers is the official. Yes. His his crew, or his built crew, and I never get excited about, you know, throwing the flags. It's subjective. It is subjective, and I don't blame anybody on losing a game because of flags. But Carl Jeffers, am I correct on this? He just, he does not run the flow of the game very well. He's slow on Looking at and too deliberate, I think, on looking at video replays, and then, when he throws a flag and then they decide to pick it all up they, he doesn 't say anything
7: he 's very spare on his penalty announcements uh that 's coming I think from the top, they want more spare. Penalty announcements now that Ed Hockley is retired, but yes, you know there's no foul on the play. Yeah. Third down, or so, yeah. you know there's no foul for holding on the play. There wasn't material restriction at the yeah. point of attack. It's third down. Marks
8: yeah. an official
1: by yes. the way.
7: But yes, you're like okay, there was no foul. What were you th- looking at? Yes, yeah. I understand.
8: All or, right, have have you listened to? Do you listen to the Kelsey New Heights? podcast no i don't the kelsey brothers which is on a cool team. thing mm-hmm. uh jason kelsey plays on the eagles uh travis kelsey on the Chiefs. cbs news well, we'll okay i'm just that. looking at the clock we'll yeah, worry yeah, about okay. that in a moment i'll play general manager here for a moment <laughs> okay. and, um they do a podcast called new heights mark you gotta listen to all right it. we'll and do listen to last week's mm-hmm. and this week's ahead of the game
1: all right give me a quick score you think eagles 37 35 all right what do you think, Mike?
8: Chiefs. I would love for the Chiefs 42-35, but
1: I think it's going to be a
8: three-point yeah. game.
1: All right. Well, good luck to both of you. Thank, thank you. you. But only one can win. Yep. Right? No ties. Can't have those. No overt- You know, no, uh, no college football overtime nope. Nope. rules. So you got to get, get it done right. So that's it. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank thank you. you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mike Hale, a Chiefs fan. Mark Schultz, an Eagles fan. Good luck to uh, both teams. This weekend in the Super Bowl. Back on Monday with Lauren Tate and Bruce Weber. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.